Hey everyone, happy Saturday. Talking about how to talk yourself thin. How to talk yourself thin. I don't think there's any other way to do it, right? At the end of the day, um, what are we talking about? Talk yourself thin. We're talking about your internal dialogue, right? How you're thinking about things. And uh, that's what this is all about, is really taking control of that process because you're up in your head talking to yourself 24 hours a day, you know? And um, what you're saying to yourself, how you're saying it, probably has the biggest impact on your weight of anything out of all of it you know so we talk about your mindset you know get the mindset proper um what we're really talking about here is right here that's the, that's the that's the vehicle right that's how you're communicating to yourself is you're using this internal dialogue it's probably the biggest impact because you say something and then you visualize it um and that gives you a feeling you know, and so, so much of that's driving the whole process. So again, as usual, I always say this, but we want to take a step back from our weight loss. So, so much of it's kind of going meta, you know, kind of floating over ourselves, looking at our weight loss from a different angle. And if you start to pay attention to your internal dialogue, which is something you probably never think about. Okay. It's one of those things that it's like, it's there and you're kind of, kind of know you talk to yourself, but no one really talks about this. I don't know how this should be a class in school, in my opinion. Because, uh, you know, hypnotists always say you are your own best or worst hypnotist simply because of what you're saying inside your head, you know, because you're in there talking to yourself constantly. And when it comes to weight loss, that internal dialogue you have most likely is extremely negative, probably, you know. And so uh, we got to change that, <laughs> you know, that's simple. Because if you're in your head and, and this is what you're doing, I'm going to describe what you're doing. I never met you. How do I know what you're saying inside your head, right? Because I don't know 5,000 weight loss sessions private weight loss coaching sessions. And I know what people say inside their head and it's just destroying them, you know? So you got to recognize this first. That's the first step is becoming aware of it, you know? And you're probably extremely negative to yourself, you know? Um, so what typically happens, I'll give you the typical scenario. You know, someone says, oh, I want to lose weight and they start doing something, but whatever plan, doesn't matter, doesn't matter. Weight Watchers, keto, intermittent fasting, it does not matter. They start doing some actions to start losing weight. And at some point, they're going to make a mistake most likely, right? And it could be something little, you know, <laughs> a person, it's not unusual for someone, you know, average Americans consuming 2,700 calories a day, average diets telling you to cut down to 1,200, okay? So say someone does that, they're usually eating 2,700 calories, they cut down to 12, and the second day they eat 1,500 calories, right? And now this voice in their head says, oh my God, what are you doing? You know, you're never going to do this. You don't even care. You're, look at you. Here we go again, screwing up already. It's only been three days and here you go. Right. And so if you have this kind of languaging inside your head, if this is how you're talking to yourself, it's uh, good luck. Right. Good luck. You know, and you do this. I know you do this because on some level you think like the more the harder you are on yourself, you know, that the better you're going to do. Like you're going to force yourself. You're gonna, you need to crack the whip to get yourself to do the right stuff. Right. So there's a reason why you're doing it. You're not a crazy person, you know. Um, you internalize this very intense voice to try and force you to do it. But how's it working? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that's what the point of this is here. I'll give you some suggestions how to fix it. We'll get there. But the first step is you to take a step back and say, yeah, are you doing this? Are you really beating yourself up constantly to lose weight? Are you really mean to yourself inside your head? I know you are. <laughs> Come on. Let's be honest. And if you are, I know you think it's like, because you would never talk to anyone else like that most likely, right? Other people in your life, friends, family, people you care about, if they try and lose weight and they're struggling a little bit, you don't talk to them like that, right? You're not like, oh yeah, you don't care. You know, you're not going to do it. You don't, you're not doing that to them. What you're doing is you're way more supportive, you know? And so in yourself though, you're way harder. 
And um, you think that being hard on yourself is going to get the results you want. And so this is your chance to take a step back and say, is that working for you? You know, because if you think it's working, then keep doing it. Great. You know what I mean? Like, like great. If, if whatever's working, there's no right or wrong. It's only what works for you. Fine. But most people I see, they're so hard on themselves. Why do I keep overeating? I'll get to that. Um, they're so hard on themselves and they're just addicted to it. They get shit results, but they're just addicted to that, that path, you know? And so I think what you want to do is recognize that you need to change the way you're talking to yourself. I would say that's, that's the ground floor, right? In my world, the, the mindset is the foundational piece of all of it. Mindset, lifestyle, eating, you know, it's like a triangle because it's all built on, on itself. And the, the biggest foundational piece is that mindset piece. And one of the biggest mindset pieces is how you're talking to yourself, okay? And so um, that's what we want to start recognizing. And you've got to recognize it first because it's one of those funny things, the internal dialogue, that um, it's there constantly, but it's there constantly so you don't see it. You don't notice it. No one really talks about it. And so as you start to pay attention to your internal dialogue and start shifting and changing it, that's where sometimes you have the most leveraged, start getting yourself the most leveraged results. It changes everything. You know, so what is the alternative, right? This is the alternative. So I'm going to break this down into you kind of metaphorically. Hopefully this will make some sense to you because I want to give some context to the way that you're speaking to yourself. All right. Um, and so typically, right, I'm going to go, I'm going to throw some transactional analysis theory at you. This was a process created by Eric Byrne in the seventies. And, um, I think this metaphor of, uh, of this con context of understanding the voices in our head can be very, very helpful. Um, so the idea is that we have a child, a parent, and an adult. And so the idea with the child is the child's kind of the part of us that wants to change, right? Doesn't like our weight, doesn't like how we're feeling, it wants to change, but it's like a child. And so it goes to make some changes. And then that parent voice, a lot of times, we can have a good parent voice and a negative parent voice. And a lot of times the parent voice we're hearing is the negative one. And it's just always just like very, you know, a disciplinarian, right? Just yelling at us, telling us what we're doing wrong, barking at us, okay? And this becomes the dynamic that most people trying to lose weight live with. They have this part of us, I want to lose weight, I want to do something, okay, I'm going to do this, and you're trying, you kind of feel fragile, and like, okay, let me try this. And then as soon as you make a mistake or you don't get the results fast enough, this other voice comes in and just makes you feel terrible. It's like, you're not doing it right. You're never going to do this right. Here you go again. Just like the last time, you can't stick with anything. You're not ready to, and it's like this voice just beats us down. And so what do we do? The child can't stand up for itself. It's literally like a child voice. I'm not going to go into all the details of this, but I promise you it's, it's fascinating stuff. It's literal. And so what we want to do is we want to develop this third voice, which is the adult. And for a lot of us, we didn't have an adult voice necessarily growing up. Um, a supportive, encouraging voice helping us find solutions, helping us to find problems so that we could find better solutions and get the results we want. And we want to develop that voice almost, that's probably more important to your weight loss success than anything anything is developing a voice in your head that's this adult voice a coach voice that's supporting you encouraging you along the way because you're going to make mistakes okay there is no perfection so this idea that you're just going to have this this like um scorekeeper almost you know that this, this parent just always calling out when you do something wrong telling you're doing something wrong that's not helping us we need to be supported guided encouraged along the path and so you develop this voice where we make a mistake and this voice comes in and says, oh, hey, okay, I know we want to lose weight. I know we want to eat better. What happened there? How can we do this better? What are some other things we can try? Let's take a step back and look at the big picture. What other things can we do to influence and get the results we want? Wow, right? So this adult voice becomes very encouraging, very supportive, becomes very solution-oriented. 
are going to have struggles and challenges and problems. That's the process of growth and learning. That's what the process of weight loss is. It's not this, give me the plan. I just got to follow, follow it. No way. It's a, it's a complete transformation from the inside out into becoming a different version of yourself. It's learning. It's growth. It's evolution. And so through that process, you're going to hit walls. You're going to struggle. You're going to hit plateaus, dips, all the rest of it. And so when that happens, what do you think is more supportive? This voice just making you feel like shit or a voice that helps encourage you and move you through the process? I think the answer is obvious, you know? Um, and certainly I've seen the results play out a lot better when you use that type of voice, you know? You need that sort of encouragement and support along this process. You don't know what to do. You know what? You know how to behave in a technical sense. I should eat less calories. I should do this. I should do that. Great. But knowing something and being able to get yourself to do it are two totally different things. And so really your weight loss and weight mastery ultimately come down to a process of reinforcement, learning, growth, evolution. And that's a process that takes time. And so once you recognize that, then we say, what voice in my head is going to help me the most? The one that makes me feel horrible and yells at me, makes me feel bad when I make mistakes, or the one that helps me learn from my mistakes and grow and relax and evolve and see the bigger picture. Again, I hope the answer is obvious, but which voice are you relying on, right? Which voice are you using? I think we know. I know. <laughs> I mean, it's always the same story. And so um, everything changes when you change that voice because it's controlling everything. You know, it's, it's so amazing. That voice literally is more important than reality. Okay. Because how many times have I talked to someone who's lost 10, 20, 30 pounds and it's not enough or they did it, but now they're getting a little wobbly. I had a, had a tough weekend and now it feels like everything's blown. Right. So the reality is look at you. I just, I just did a call like this six weeks. This person was doing really clean, clean, clean keto intermittent fasting. Now they're getting a little wobbly, right? So instead of feeling like, Oh, okay, look at me six weeks. Great job. What can I double down on? Okay. It's okay. It's a weekend that that's normal. You know, it can't be perfect all the time. Instead of that, the voice comes in, here we go again. Here we go. You did six weeks, but now that, that, that do you know what I mean? I can feel like shit. And it's like, there's no winning with that voice. It, it, it exists to just make you feel bad. You see, so if you think that that voice is going to be the voice that's going to champion your success, it hasn't so far. I don't see what changes that all of a sudden makes it a helpful voice that brings you towards your goal, you know? So um, to me, it's like right from the beginning, anytime you're thinking about seriously losing weight and mastering your weight, it's got to start with this mindset piece. What are you saying to yourself? What helps you the most move you towards your goals? How are you going to deal with the mistakes, with the backslides with whatever, choosing the wrong food, eating too much, you know, whatever thing we do wrong, you know, cause it's going to come up, you know, but instead most people are approaching their weight loss. Like they gotta be perfect. And, uh, if they're not perfect, what's the point, you know? So it's a screwy, you know, mindset. A lot of people have a weight loss from the beginning, but we're today we're just talking about the internal dialogue, at least at this moment here. So you start noticing at first what you say to yourself, because you'll be surprised it's just how mean you are to yourself, just how ridiculous you are with yourself. You would never say these things to another person in your life, most likely. And um, yet you are giving yourself a, a steady, constant diet of negative stuff in your head and thinking that it's going to bring you to some amazing result. You know, I always tell people you can't you can't hate yourself healthy, you know, and that's another piece of that whole voice. Sometimes just hating your body. You know, hating how you look, hating your thighs, hating your arms, whatever part of your body you hate, right? And it's like, starting with that hate, at what point does that hate turn into love? I, I say never, 
You know, you have to start with the love. You have to nurture that love for yourself right from the beginning and make this a process that's fueled by love for yourself as opposed to hating yourself, hating how you look, hating how you feel, you know? Um, and again, you can start there if you want, you know what I mean? But, but as soon as you can, you've got to flip it over. I would suggest you flip it over to the positive. What do you want? How do you want to feel? How do you want to live? You know, and you start identifying how you want to feel, how you want to live, how you want to look. And you connect to that as often as possible. And you operate out of that space. And you realize that you're going to have back steps. It's not a straight line of success. It's an ongoing process that you commit to. And you grow and evolve and you change, you know, in your own time frame. It takes time, you know. Um, our time frames are so screwy when it comes to weight loss. I was just in a video on this. It's like, you know, if you think about like, being a bodybuilder, like if you decided tomorrow you want to be a bodybuilder, you know, but just intuitively your, your time frame is so much more accurate, right? It, it's long. You're not thinking like, oh, I'm going to work out for a month and let's see, see what happens, right? You, you, you just intuitively and naturally have a longer time frame of bodybuilding because that's normal and natural. When it comes to your weight loss time frame, you have to understand that it's been co-opted by all the diets. You've seen millions of diet ads in your life. They're always focusing on how fast you can lose the weight. So when it comes to weight loss, you have this artificially short time period you think in, and it ruins so much. It makes it so hard to succeed because it sets you up to think, well, if I don't lose two pounds a week, then I'm doing something wrong and it's not worth it. I can't lose the weight then, you know? And we set up these like, these strange arbitrary measurements that aren't real. And it just makes it so much harder. And then when we don't act perfect, when we don't get the perfect results, again, that it's just red meat for that voice, that freaking voice in our head that can be so negative. Yeah, that voice, that voice I'm telling you is the thing, the main thing keeping you overweight, you know? Cause here's a reframe, you know, it's like, I know you wanna lose weight. I know you wanna be healthier, right? And so it's like, you go and take some steps to make that happen and it, you screw up, you mess up. That's just so normal. Like anything in your life that you're going to learn a new skill about, you're going to make mistakes. And so it's like, well, what are you going to do when that happens? You know, it's like, oh, there you go again. I knew you couldn't. That's the voice. I always picture it like that. You know, it's like, I knew you wouldn't do it. Yeah. So Martha says, yeah, wow. Mine was talking to me yesterday. Right. That's what I'm saying. And the voice, it never stops. I work with a client. I said, um, we gave it a name and everything, but I said, what weight would you have to get to for that voice to stop? And she thought about it because they would never stop. <laughs> I said, exactly. That voice never has a kind word. It's never satisfied. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's whole existence is to make us feel like shit. And um, it sucks. <laughs> you know what I mean? This is why I say like, I was talking to people about like this inside out weight loss, you know, because the outside in doesn't make it, it doesn't fix everything. I'll give you the most extreme example of what I'm talking about. I certified a coach and she was a competitive bodybuilder. Okay. So she would get as a woman into the single digits of body fat, which for a woman is very difficult. And so I would say, geez, what was it like that moment when just about to compete, you're at your absolute most perfect condition you could be in. I said, what does that feel like? Was it just like a relief? It's like, wow, it's just feeling amazing. No, she goes, I just found more, more and more and more granular things to feel bad about and beat myself up about. Do you see what I mean? It's just, it's a process that can never be satisfied. That's what I'm trying to tell you, you know? So recognize that now because it is that voice that's probably sabotaging you more than anything. You can't even get started with anything because the second you make a mistake or it's hard or you're not getting the results fast enough, it's making you feel bad, you know? And so it's so hard with that voice. And it's so much easier when you have that positive voice, you see? So it's like, if this is not a part of your weight loss plan, I don't even know what you're doing. 
You know, you got to at least pay attention. I know you haven't thought about this. No one thinks about this. But it's like if you think you're going to have this voice in your head just whipping you into shape, it ain't going to work. It's not going to work. <laughs> you make so much sense. Jeez, I needed to hear this. Thank you. I'm going to <laughs> I'm going to good talk. All right, Martha, that's what I'm talking about. Now, here, let me help you out with a good talk. Um, you know, I mean, this is so much of what, what I work with my clients on. But one of the easiest ways to experience this good talk in a pretty powerful way, in an easy way, is to go listen to the hypnosis session. Go to my bio. I put a, a click there. It's a free hypnosis session. Go listen to it because that's what the hypnosis is. It's relaxing you. Okay, so there's benefits to that. But then there's these positive suggestions put in your mind, you know, new ways. It's almost like language tapes, right, for you to have a better, more positive internal dialogue, you know, so that you have this nice, helpful voice, you know, which you can take that a step further if you want. This is something, again, I work with my clients on, but I'll, I'll share with you. It might make sense, even if I'll explain all of it. But sometimes you can actually, you can install voices, right? So I had a client, he, I said, well, what's a, who's a positive you know, person, and it doesn't have to be someone you know necessarily. Hey, to be honest, a lot of us don't know someone who's really positive and encouraging, okay? Um, love this, and the meditation really does work. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Agent 911. That's cool. I like that name. Um, so, yeah, so, so I said, what, what's a voice? Who's someone? So it doesn't have to be someone you know. Oh, thanks for the roses. Look at that. Nice. Thank you. Um, and he goes, he goes, oh, Jimmy Stewart, right? So he grew up and Jimmy Stewart was kind of that guy, right? He's like, he just seems like an awesome guy. He seems supportive, encouraging, all that stuff, right? And so he's like, what if you had that voice in your head, right? And then, and then like, you know, we go, get to a call. It's like, oh, how was your week? Uh, it wasn't too great. Okay, if Jimmy Stewart was in your head, what would he say to you? Do you see what I'm saying? It, it's almost like, it's kind of going with it. Because how do we change our internal dialogue? One of the questions I always ask people, this is one of the core mantras, I love this one, is what would the thin me do? You know, um, and it's kind of like it's a takeoff on. Remember years ago that that what would Jesus do? You know, I don't know if that's still as popular, but the what would Jesus do? But what's that question? It's it's causing us to think in a different way, right? We're we're kind of we're connecting to that level of thinking and seeing things from that perspective. You see, and and it can be very powerful. You know, if you use that sort of thing. So, if we want to lose weight, the more we start thinking as the person we want to be, you know, we start developing. It's literally, I swear, so much of weight loss and, and specifically weight mastery, living at your goal weight for the rest of your life is about almost becoming fluent in another language. And that language is positive encouragement. <laughs> you know, a lot of my clients will say, like, I hear your voice, Jim. You know what I mean? Like, I'll hear it. I'll, and, and again, we always learn through contrast. So again, that's a big part of like my program. You hear my voice a lot saying lots of positive stuff. You ain't hearing this positive shit anywhere. <laughs> like you're not. Where are you hearing positive stuff about your weight loss? You know, because even that's the fitness trainer. And, and again, there's a time and a place for them. It's great. But it's like, you know. Who wants that? It's fine, but it's like, oh, it's always that crack in the way. Come on, come on. You got more. Oh, all right. There's a time and place for that. Fine. But what do you do when you're feeling exhausted? And you're, oh, Christ, it was a hard week. You know what I mean? Oh, a difficult month, uh, difficult year. Oh, I'm wiped out. Well, what's the voice then? Oh, I don't want to hear that personal trainer voice. We definitely want to hear that negative voice. So what's a positive voice? You know, positive voice. Hey, it's okay, man. Jim, it's all right. It was a tough week. <laughs> relax you know not not hey jim is a tough week hey let's go get shit-faced hey let's go eat a bunch of food not that a healthy positive voice you know i always joke there's kind of like two voices in our heads a lot and they both make us overweight and i joke around um i did a training on this one time one's like this the wicked stepmother in a sense and it's like 
it, 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 excuse gender out of it, but um, you know, the wicked stepmother type voice could be a wicked stepfather, just a mean ass voice. Right. And it's always just beating us up, making us feel terrible. Right? And it's like, Oh, that obviously that drives us to eat by the way. Cause it makes us feel so bad. We say, Oh, I feel so beat down. I'm going to eat some food. I just want to feel better for a minute. And then we go to the food. But the other voice that can be more positive is uh, like the grandmothery voice. I always think of this one, right? And so it's like, oh, you had a hard week, Jim. Why don't you Why don't you eat some cookies? You know, you deserve it. This week was so, why don't you have some cookies, have some of this? So it's like you can get it from both sides. You know what I mean? And so those aren't really the, the best voices. We want to develop this voice. It's like, Jim, you had a hard week. It's okay, man. Relax. Next week's going to get better. What can we learn from this week? And what can we do to make next week better? What's going to help you kind of improve right now? And I said, oh, if I take a nap. <laughs> I'm tired. This is a long week. Um, drink some water. You know, kind of get my, myself hydrated. That would be helpful. Um, just relax a little bit. I take a minute here and just kind of quiet my mind and body down. Oh, relax my shoulders. Oh, that feels nice. <laughs> it was a tough week, you know. Um, what else can I do? You know what I'm saying? Like, like that's, that's the kind of voice we want to get, right? Again, I, I don't know if you all had this growing up. You know, we all know Mr. Rogers, right? But that guy, he came right, right when I was a kid and I used to get to watch him and such an inspiration. And then you learn about him too. And it's like, you know, he just wanted to help people deal with their emotions in a positive way. And we live in a society that doesn't really do that, you know? And so here we are, we never really learn how to deal with our emotions. And, um, so we use these shitty strategies, you know, just beating ourselves up or it was like, oh, it's okay. Let's just eat a bunch of food. But we're getting kind of in that level. We're getting trapped. You know what I mean? Everything's about the food. Everything's about just put more food in our mouths. And so we want to develop this higher consciousness, this higher level voice that is more encouraging and supportive and, and nurturing and helpful in helping us reach our goals in the most effective and enjoyable way possible. Right. So it is, it is a process. I wish it was just simple, but it's a process. And, um, Again, what I do, part of my programs, I, again, there's a lot of hypnosis with it. And um, part of my program is called the imprint part. And we imprint the subconscious mind with these positive sayings. I call them mantras, you know, these positive weight mastery mantras, these ways of thinking so that you naturally and automatically start to make the changes you want to get the results you're looking for. But we want to do this in a way that's enjoyable and fun, Right. Two words that no one ever associates with weight loss. Right. Because everyone thinks it's a miserable process. But now you're seeing, right, it's it's a miserable process right from the get go because of the way you're talking to yourself and approaching it right from the beginning. You know, it's like when you start this diet, it's like you just hired like this intense. Who is it like? Is it was it Jillian Michaels? What was the one? The biggest loser. Right. Jillian. I forget her name. Right. But so she's intense, you know, and it's like, yeah, OK, you get some results. Um you get some results for these people, but it's like, at what cost? You know, you know what I mean? Like, it's like that model of, of thing. Again, I'm not knocking. I mean, I, for each and every person, there's, there's a solution, but I think that's like the only solution a lot of us have. It's like, well, if I'm going to do it, okay, no bullshit. We're going to do it. And then we develop this, this voice in our head. This is always driving us and pushing us. And it's like, you know, then life happens and we're tired or we're sick or we're exhausted or life's just bullshit coming at us full force. And it's like, we can't, we can't meet life at that level. What do we do now? Just opt out, you know? And that's when we need that voice the most, that nurturing, encouraging voice, right? So ultimately, you know, if it, it, again, the first step I tell you is to just start paying attention to how you're talking to yourself and how that makes you feel. So usually we have to do this backwards, honestly. You have to notice how you feel first and then focus on what am I saying to myself to feel this way? So when you feel super down, depressed, frustrated, stressed out, that's when you say, wait, 
Because every time you're feeling something, it's a result of what you're saying to yourself. It's a kind of a simple, there's a little bit more to it than that. But the easiest way you can think about it is what you're saying to yourself and what you're imagining visually in your mind is making you feel what you're feeling. And so that goes forwards and backwards. So when you notice you feel depressed, stressed, sad, whatever emotion you're feeling that you don't like, and you're like, oh, I don't know, why do I feel this way? I promise you, it's because of what you're saying to yourself and what you're thinking about. And if you change that, you'll change how you feel, okay? But the first step is awareness, just putting that connection together. So you can realize when you feel overwhelmed, when you feel stressed out, when you feel like you can't even start another diet, pay attention to that voice in your head because I guarantee you it's just putting the screws to you and all the rest of it, you know? Why are sweets so much more confident than the carrot? All right, Martha, that is a good question. Let's use that as a jumping off point. So I'll get to any questions you all have. Feel free to ask them um, and I will answer them. So why why are sweets so much more comforting than a carrot, right? This is such a great question. Because again, you know, this if we take a step back, if you think about how you've been trying to lose weight, you have had one tactic you use. You use your willpower to try and force yourself to act a certain way. That's it, right? You, you, whatever plan, there's always different plans. You're, you know, oh, this time I'm going to try Weight Watchers and I'm going to try keto and I'm going to try my fasting. You're always trying a different kind of tactic. But, but if we take a step back, the process is always the same. It's you using your willpower and trying to force yourself to follow this new plan. You, you've got to see this, okay? Because the difference in the diets can trick us sometimes. And we start saying, oh, I've tried everything. I've tried everything to lose weight. Nothing's working. Well, you've tried lots of diets and none of the diets are working. You know. But at this point, you're so hypnotized by the diets that you can't even separate weight loss from dieting. You, know? you can't even imagine losing weight without a diet at this point. You know, this is one of the reasons why you're so stuck. So again, it's important to take a step back and look at it and say, regardless of what the tactic is, whether it's to not eat carbs or not eat fat or eat Mediterranean food or to not eat for 12 hours or whatever it is, there, it doesn't matter what the details are. The process is always the same of you trying to force yourself through your willpower to stick with that plan. And that's a short-term approach that rarely works. So what we want to do is take a step back and start to understand what are we working with here? What are we working with? You know, our brain, our body, right? You've got this evolved brain and body. And once you understand that and you understand some of the factors, you can start becoming strategic, okay? So why does why does a cookie make us feel one way and a carrot that's healthier just kind of leaves us, leaves us empty, you know? Why is that? So, well, because it tastes better. Well, why does it taste better, right? And what it comes down to is it comes down to understanding your brain, right? So why does a cookie taste better? Because it has more calories in it, all right? So you have to understand that your body and brain, all of our bodies and brains evolved over millions of years in a food-scarce environment. So everything about us has evolved and adapted to, in a food-scarce environment. That's You have to understand that because that's how we make sense of things. So why would more calories taste better than less calorie food? Because... If we got more calories in a food-scarce environment, our chances of survival go up, right? And so what happens is when you eat the cookie, you eat the cookie and it tastes good because as you eat the cookie, you now know, your, your body knows that that cookie has more calories in it. And when you eat more calories, your brain releases more dopamine. And dopamine is what literally makes you feel good. And so you feel good while you're eating this cookie because your brain wants you to eat more of this cookie because it still thinks you're in a food-scarce environment. So it wants you to eat more calories because it's your body and brain are like, this might be the last calories we ever get. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? And so once you understand this, I think it's important because otherwise you just, like if you don't understand yourself, what the word I always hear people say, well, I'm sabotaging myself. Why do I keep sabotaging myself? Well, are you sabotaging yourself? 
you know, or is that just how your brain and body have designed to work? And so once we understand how we work, we can become much more strategic, okay? But this is a big part of it. Yes, high calorie foods are almost always going to be more enjoyable because you your brain releases dopamine. Take it that it's not even the flavor, by the way. You have to understand that. They did an experiment with mice where they put tubes right into their stomachs. So they didn't taste the food. And if they put high calorie foods into their stomachs, they released more dopamine. Less calorie foods into their stomach, less dopamine. Okay, so you understand that. So your body, brain wants you to eat more more food because they still think you're in a food scarce environment. They don't understand we're in a um, food abundant environment, you know? And so our brains and bodies have not caught up to that and they ain't gonna, okay? Um, so what you have to do is just recognize that. And we have to reset our goals a bit. We have to override some of those biological um, evolved adaptations that are influencing us to overeat, okay? And this is why, you know, so if we stick with this idea of like understanding your mind and your body, the more you understand your mind, you can be more strategic with how you're going to make this happen. Because the idea of just using willpower is is a very ineffective approach, right? So just to kind of talk a little bit about the mind in a real simple way, you have a conscious mind and a subconscious mind. The conscious part of your mind is your logical part, your prefrontal cortex. It's where your executive functions is. It's where your willpower is. It's where it's a part of your mind that knows you should lose weight, wants to lose weight, knows what you should do and tries to get you to do it. But is your subconscious mind is truly in control and your subconscious mind is not logical and rational like your conscious mind. If it was, all you would need to know is that I want to lose weight and then you would just do it, right? This is the big challenge you have, by the way, right? You know you want to lose weight. You know all the reasons why. Think about this. This, is, this just goes to show, by the way, that the diets never, the diets are like a carnival game. They never give you what you really need to change, you know, which is the mindset piece. And so, you know, th th this conscious subconscious understanding is really, really important. If your subconscious mind was like your conscious mind, you would know that it was good for you and you would just do it. Because how do you describe, how do you explain that you want to lose weight so badly, right? I talk to people all the time that say, you know, on these, heat, on these lives all the time, I say, how long have you been trying to lose weight for? 10, 20, 30, 40 years. Okay. And so it's like 30 years in and you still know as little about how to actually lose weight as you did before you started your first diet. Like that should be a huge red flag that the strategy you're, you're using to try and lose weight, it doesn't work. However, <laughs> you keep trying it. I mean, how many times have you tried the same diet over and over again? It doesn't work, right? And so you're never actually learning the nuts and bolts of how to manage your mind, your behaviors, your thinking, you know, and ultimately your weight. And so if you take a more strategic approach to this and you learn some of the nuts and bolts of what you're working with, it makes the whole process a lot easier, you know? But most people have no idea about this stuff. Never think about this, you know? They're just obsessed with tactics. Just want fast, fast weight loss. I'll just force myself to do it, you know? And it doesn't work. It doesn't work. <laughs> I mean, 70% of the population is obese or overweight at this point. In America. 70%. That's nuts. Right? We have 50 years of dieting. We've got more medical, you know, whatever you call it, care than we've ever had. How can 50, how can 70% of the population be overweight? If I've been overeating for years, isn't it so hard to switch gears and stop doing this bad habit? Well, that's a great question. And this goes back to the dieting mindset that it's like the dieting mindset. There's so many bad things about it, but one of the worst ones is this all or nothing mindset, right? So someone goes, I've been overeating for years. I've had crappy eating patterns and habits for years, decades. Isn't it hard to just stop it? 
Yeah, it's wicked hard to just stop it. Oh, so what do I do then? Right? And I don't know if you can come up with the answer. I'm going to tell you in a second. But it just proves that, I mean, literally when it comes to your weight, you're, you're literally in a state of a trance, a state of hypnosis, which is to say you're not using your logical mind. Right? Because you're so all or nothing. But I've been overeating for so many years. How do I just stop it? You don't. You don't just stop it. You systematically work to change it. It is hard to change all of it. You can just change all your bad habits. Now, again, I'm not, I'm not making fun of you because this, this is the dieting mindset, right? You just, what do you do on a diet? Because here it comes, right? And so this Monday is a big one. Right? Here comes March. Here comes March. Here comes Monday, right? And um, yeah, it's, a, yeah, it's an all or nothing mentality. It keeps you trapped, right? Because here's the dieting thing. And notice this is every diet, regardless of what the philosophy is. This is the diet mentality that I was saying this before. The average American's eating 2,700 calories a day, average, okay? And the, they start the diet on Monday. And what are they doing? They're cutting their calories to 12, 1,500 calories, you know, usually 50 to 65%. Day one, I'm just going to cut all my calories down by half, 60%. And then I'm going to maintain that cut all the way to my goal weight. That's the plan. Yeah, good luck. Good luck with that plan. Let's see how your plan of perfection works. Sounds great. Sounds great on paper, I guess. How's it worked last 20 times you tried it? Oh, it didn't last long? Okay, well, maybe this time will be different somehow. Why? Hmm, that's a good question, I guess. Why would it be different? Why would it be different? <laughs> it's just, you know what I mean? You're in this state of trend. You just keep doing it. Oh, uh, no, this time I really got to do it. Hmm, okay, let's see. Let's see. Let me know. I don't know. 95% of people on a diet can't keep the weight off. So you ain't alone. It's not just you, right? Don't think it's you, you know? I always say this to people. It bums me out. I did that and I gained it all back and more and I still never learned. Yeah, it, listen, it's, I, I'm not, I, I don't want to sound like I'm being aggressive or, or condescending here. Um, I'm really, I'm speaking to the diets and I'm, I'm trying to snap you out of it. Again, as a hypnotist, I always thought I was going to hypnotize people to lose weight. I didn't realize I was going to wake them up. <laughs> you're, you're literally in a trance from the diets and the diets don't want you to lose weight. Weight Watchers was owned by Heinz. Jenny Craig was owned by Nestle. Uh, the company that owns Atkins Food Products is owned by the same company that owns Cinnabon, Pre Cinnabon and Onions Pretzels. Uh, the company that owns Slim Fast is the same company that owns Ben & Jerry's Ice Cream. These, these companies don't want you to lose weight. They want to bullshit your mind up with dumb ideas so that you can never lose the weight and you keep eating more of their shitty food. When they buy Program Yourself then, when they buy my program and put it out to the world, then I'll take all that back. Right. But they feed these all these different diets out so that they confuse you. And the diets never get you the core things you need to lose weight. Number one, you need a better mindset. You've got to upgrade your mindset. I would suggest don't ever start a diet again until you start changing your mindset. That's my that's me telling you that right now. You're wasting your time. How many more times are you gonna try it? You, you know, Jesus. It's like we got this saying, right? The, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing, expecting a different result. And here you are. You know, so here I'm trying to tell you this, right? Because I want you to wake you up, wake you up. You can't lose weight in a trance. You can't lose weight in this diet trance. What you can do is stay, keep doing the same thing over and over, you know? So there's a better way, you know what I mean? And that's what, that's what bums me out. And that's why I get on here and do all these lives and say this stuff for free because, you know, I know you're sitting there saying, oh, I've tried everything and I can't lose weight. There's something wrong with me. There's nothing wrong with you. You're just trying to follow a horseshit strategy. Dieting doesn't work for anyone. Do you know anyone who's lost weight long-term on a diet? When your friend tells you they're going to go on a diet and start losing weight, do you ever believe that they're going to do it? Do you know what I mean? Like, like the, the signals are all around us. We're just, we're not getting the message. 
You know what I mean? We're not hearing it because we're in a trance. So wake up, wake up. The dieting short-term approach all or nothing doesn't work. You know? You take one bad food or habit out of your life one at a time, 50 pounds down in three years. Denise, there you go, right? Listen to Denise, everyone. That's not me, that's Denise. There it is, right? And that's what I say. You know, listen, I, I came up with all this thing because I began speaking with people that had lost weight and kept it off for long periods of time. And I began to interview them and ask them what's going on. And I did it with an approach on their subconscious mind, their thinking, how they thought about themselves, how they thought about food, how they approached their life, their health, how they thought about all this stuff. It wasn't tactical. It wasn't like, I, I very quickly noticed when I began studying people that, um, that they had, they didn't approach it like the diets. They didn't approach it that way. It was like they had transformed themselves. It became they thought about they thought about themselves differently, their lifestyle differently, their health different, food differently. You know, um, mindfully. So you eat fruit. You can eat fruit, folks. The more fruits and vegetables you eat, the easier your weight loss is, and the healthier you become. Okay. Again, this that's the keto thing. You know what I mean? Or it's like or the fructose thing. Was oh, can't eat any fructose? No. Yes, you can. Fruit fructose is totally different than high fructose corn syrup. You know. Again, these diets are out there strategically. I think they're nefarious. Some of them are okay. But I think a lot of them have nefarious beginnings and they're just out there to confuse your mind and mess you up. I really believe that. And so we don't even know what to do anymore. You know, And these food companies are just like the cigarette companies um, back in the 60s and 70s. They knew the information, they knew the studies that their products were causing death and cancer and all the rest of it. And they sat on those and they flooded the zone with all sorts of conflicting information to confuse people. And I think that's exactly where we are with the food right now. Where you get it and you're like, you want to lose weight? You don't even know what to do because the diets and the food companies are the exact same companies and they're confusing all of us. And because a confused mind is a stuck mind, you know? And so we don't even know what to eat. When you get to the point where you don't know if a vegetable or fruit is good to eat, that's when you know you're in trouble, okay? <laughs> um, I am woke. Only changing your mindset works. Doctor prescribed cholesterol and Wigovi. I changed my mind. Um, yeah. I like to eat an apple every day and was told if I don't stop fruit, I will never lose the weight. Yeah, I, I don't even understand that that at all. I don't understand the idea of not eating a fruit to lose weight. You know, and I know I'm not blind. I'm not because I know I've talked to people who said, well, I shouldn't eat vegetables. It's carbs. You know what I mean? And that's what I'm saying. Like we just we lose our minds when it comes to weight loss, like literally, literally lose our minds. We're not thinking clearly, you know, with the weight loss. And so. Um, you know, here's the, here's the, I'll, I'll make it real simple for you. What you want to do is eat more fiber. Okay. If you start eating more fiber, cause I know you're not eating enough fiber and I'm not talking about Metamucil. I'm not talking about anything out of a, a container. I'm talking about the fiber in fruits, vegetables, greens, beans. You start eating more of those four things into your diet. You'll start losing weight. Fiber is the number one thing that's been stripped of our modern day diet because fiber doesn't process well. The biggest shift in our eating as human beings has been the removal of fiber. And so why can you eat fruit fructose, right? Because I know that there's, there's books out there now that say fructose is the problem. And it is, but it's, it's high fructose corn syrup. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, um, it's sugar. You may not know this. Table sugar is called sucrose. And sucrose is half glucose, half fructose. Okay, so when you read these books that say fructose is the problem, our brains go, oh, that's fruit. No, the fruit's not the problem because the, the fructose that's in fruit is binded to fiber. 
So the fructose that's in fruit is absorbed slower. And a lot of it's not absorbed, not, not a lot of it, but some of it's not absorbed at all. Okay. That fructose is fine. The fructose is the problem is the fructose and sugar and high fructose corn syrup that is spiking. It's absorbed instantly. There's no fiber. There's nothing slowing down. It's a powder and it's absorbed instantly spikes our blood sugar and it goes right to our liver and overwhelms the liver. Oh, thank you, Martha. And so again, I, I, I know, I know you're confused about the eating and that's not unintentional. You know, again, you, you have, I, I always reference, you have to think of these food companies now, like the cigarette companies, to be honest, they're literally the same in the seventies. These cigarette companies divested. They knew all this stuff was going to come out about the cigarettes. And so they divested from the cigarettes, went into the, they literally RJ Reynolds. I don't think they over became the main part of, but they were one of the huge investor in uh, craft. And so they brought their ability to make hyper addictive foods and their marketing to the food industry. And you'll see, I don't, I'm not blaming them all for this, but you'll see, like, if you ever look at like diabetes numbers, overweight numbers, it all started right in the very beginning of the eighties. And it just, it's skyrocketing, you know? And so that's a big part of it. Um, <laughs> thank you so much. You make more sense than many doctors. Catch you later. Yeah. Thanks, Martha. Again, I, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a nutritionist. I'm not a dietitian, you know, but I am a hypnotist. And so I've been, I've been on the front line of helping people actually create the changes they want because pretty much everyone knows to some degree what they should do and shouldn't do to some degree. The problem is always, can you get yourself to do it? And there's very few people kind of working on that line. Like how do you actually get yourself to do the things you know you should, you know? And that's where I've been at. And part of that is understanding what's going on in a simple way, you know, that, that, that also leads to behavioral um, shifts. So, yeah, but I, but I know like people are very confused about what to eat because every week there's a different study. Every week there's a different diet. I don't think that's unintentional. I think the food companies are behind a lot of that and it just confuses us, you know? And so it doesn't matter what the study says. You know, it could say this one's good, but the next week it says that one's bad. And, go, and eventually we just, I don't even know. You know, and that's where a lot of people are. They're just apathetic. They don't know what to do. You know, it ain't rocket science, unfortunately. I mean, that's a good thing, but um, don't make it harder than it needs to be. The more natural foods you eat, the easier time you're going to have. It's that simple, you know? Um, and then, but once you realize that, that gets into the challenge of, well, how do I get myself to eat healthier foods? You know, you may know that, but how do you get yourself to do it? And that becomes the mindset work. And so again, I mean, if you're, if you're looking to take a different approach on doing that, go to my bio and get the hypnosis sessions free, go listen to it. You'll see what it feels like. Cause you'll relax and you'll get these positive suggestions in your mind. And I can almost guarantee you that it'll impact, it'll have a residual impact on you for at least for a day or two. If you listen to it once, it'll have an impact for a day or two or maybe three. Um, and you'll, you'll feel it. You'll experience that. So again, I'm not saying that session is going to make you thin. That's not how hypnosis works. Hypnosis is just the process of impacting your sub influencing your subconscious mind. Okay. So it, you, it's, it's a process, you know, but you'll experience it and you'll get to see what it feels like, you know, and then if it works, listen more times, it'll stick with you. And then after you opt in for that session, there's a training I put up there, three steps to master your weight, watch it. Let me give you a new structure and paradigm for how to master your weight once and for all. You don't have it right now. Okay. And so, um, you think you know what to do to lose weight, but you don't. You know, it's kind of that simple. What if you allow yourself a piece of chocolate cake one time on the weekend, but eat clean all week? Yeah, then you probably lose weight and be really happy. That's what I do. I do a five, five day clean, two days pleasure. You know, now I know people say, oh, can you lose weight doing that? Well, of course you can. 
if you like shit seven days a week and all of a sudden you start eating good five days a week and the other two you leave alone, well, of course you're going to lose weight. You may not lose it as fast as if you stopped, if you ate clean for seven days, but you're not going to eat clean for seven days for long. So there you go. I just made a video, by the way. You should watch it mindfully. I, it's, I think it's the last video I put up. I'd watch it if I were you, but it's literally about that, how to structure your eating, you know? Does hypnosis wear off? Do you have to continue it for months, years? Um, yeah, good question, Farm Girl. I, I, my experience has been that hypnosis, I think, is best used as a supplement when it comes to weight loss. Some things do, um, some things are very, like, like if I work with phobias, I can fix a phobia in just minutes and it's good forever, okay? Um, unless they run into a phobic situation again. But um, weight loss is, listen, weight loss is a complex thing because it really is like a managed addiction, right? It's like, listen, what, what, why is there a weight issue? Well, a big part of it is because we're addicted to food, right? These foods are like drugs, literally, right? When, you know, when they look to create foods, I just made a video on this one. You think like the foods you like, these processed foods, you, you imagine in your mind like a bunch of chefs in a kitchen working on different recipes to find the best one. It's like, you have to wipe that out of your mind. These foods are made in labs, laboratories, and um, just to drive the point home, um, like when they, when they want to make a, a really good ice cream, they put people into an fMRI machine so it scans their brain in real time and they drip different ice cream solutions onto their tongue and see which one lights up the pleasure centers of the brain the most. <laughs> you know what I mean? They're looking for what they call a bliss point. And so it's very much, again, if you've never watched The Insider, it was all about the cigarettes and the whistleblower who kind of really let them know what they were doing. Because what, what was the big problem? The cigarettes were trying to make their products as addictive as possible. That's what the food companies are trying to do with the food. Do you see what I'm saying? So it's like, it's a managed addiction somewhat. And so hypnosis, in my opinion, you have to learn how to hypnotize yourself. That's the main part of my program is the self, is it's program yourself thin technique. And it's a hypnotic technique you use at night on yourself. It's about, it takes a minute, it's quick. But you have to learn how to program your own subconscious mind because this process, you can't just like listen to a session because I, I like when I first started my office, I would hypnotize people and I would see them, they, they changed, but then I'd send them out in the world and they'd come back a week later and I'd be like, they changed back. And I said, what the hell happened? And I started, I realized, yo, people don't live in a vacuum. You, you don't live in a vacuum. You live, you're constantly have hypnotic messages. Every single food ad you see is a hypnosis session. Every single food ad you see, they're trying to make you feel an emotion and they're trying to attach it to their food, you see? So you have to learn about this process and take control of it and be able to influence your own subconscious mind and recognize when you are, someone else is trying to influence your subconscious mind so you can def defend it or reprogram it back the way you want it to. And this way you start to take control of it. But it be, now it becomes fun though because now it's very strategic. It's a process that you're always working on and it never ends which shouldn't be a bummer. It's a never ending process. Like I'm, I've been doing this for 30 years personally. I dropped 50 pounds and I've kept it off one little blip 10 years ago. But um, other than that, it's been the same, the same weight because I've learned how to program my subconscious mind. I've learned how to influence my behaviors in a very dramatic way. And, but I'm always, I always got to tweak it because there's always different things happening. My daughter goes, gets a job at a chocolate store, right? Okay. New, new reality here. I got to manage it. You know what I mean? Like, like, so there's always like little things that are happening. I'm not scared of it. You know what I mean? I'm not worried about it because I can, I can do this, you know? Oh, you've helped me so much. Thank you. You're welcome. That's why I do this. You know, again, my mission in life is to help as many people as possible live at their goal weight. And so that's why I do this. So what if you think you're addicted to chocolate? How do you manage that with hypnosis? 
Okay, so hypnosis is just the process of impact in influencing your subconscious mind, right? So the first thing I'd say is, am I actually addicted to chocolate? And you may be, okay? Some people are like addicted to it, okay? So most foods I've found people can manage them, okay? Occasionally there are foods that just like, almost like a, like a cocaine addict, like if they get some cocaine, they're just on a three-day bender, right? And so some, some foods are like that, okay? And so a lot of times they're not though. So I was like to start, let me test this out. How addicted am I to chocolate? And a lot of the addictions we feel are because of our horrible diet mindset of how we're approaching dieting. Because most people wanna lose weight, what they subconsciously think is they're just gonna stop eating, you know, and they're just gonna have to deal with hunger a lot. And so that's a bad strategy, you know? Um, but yeah, what if you're addicted to chocolate? How do you manage that with hypnosis? Again, I, I can't give you like a simple answer because it's more, it's more like if you understand paradigms are kind of the lenses we use to look at the world. And so when you think about like weight loss at this point, you think within a dieting paradigm, you think like weight loss and dieting are just one and the same in you. You can't think about losing weight without dieting probably. Right. And so you think about weight loss in this limited way. It's literally like a mental prison. It's got you locked in here. So when you think about weight loss, you think about short term. Okay. I just want to die. I just want to lose the weight. Okay. What do I have to do? I just want to lose the weight. So you think of it as a short term thing. We want to be perfect and get the fastest results. And we, we think in those terms. So a lot of times what gets you the best results is kind of taking a step back and realizing how you're thinking in a limited way and how there's a lot of other ways to think. So um, when it comes to chocolate, again, I don't know how I would use hypnosis is I would first ask the question, how do I want to feel about chocolate? Right? What, what would be the ideal amount of chocolate to eat? You know, it may say, oh, I can't eat any chocolate. If I eat one piece of chocolate, I'll eat the whole box. And that's how it's always been. That's how it's always going to be. I can't eat chocolate. Okay. Then is the goal to never eat chocolate again? Yes. That's what I got to do. Okay. Then we're going to work on that. But for most people, the better answer is how can I eat chocolate the most enjoyable way possible? Well, that would be if I could have the body I want to feel good about myself and then enjoy chocolate sometimes too. Okay, cool. How can we do that? How many times a week? When do you want to do it? And we really orient around the chocolate, around the pleasure. Again, watch that last video I put up. I talk about this. And so um, you see what I'm saying? So the hypnosis is different than you're thinking because you're thinking you have to go in a trance and it's going to change everything. It's an active process where, again, the hypnosis, it's really, it's all self-hypnosis because you're in your head talking to yourself all the time. You saying, so for right now, for example, you're hypnotizing yourself saying, I'm addicted to chocolate. If I want piece of chocolate, I eat all the chocolate. I'm addicted to chocolate. And, and you say that and you've had experiences probably where that's true. You remember those experiences and you get locked into that hypnotic trance. I'm addicted to chocolate. If I eat, I eat all of it, you know? And so it's, it's driven by that internal dialogue most of the time. Some people occasionally, it is an actual real addiction, but almost most of the time it's a mental what you're saying to yourself. Okay. And so the conversation becomes different. I'm not addicted to chocolate. I enjoy chocolate a lot, but it turns out that the most enjoyable chocolate I have is when I feel good about myself, when I'm eating it moderately and in the right places, that's how I want to eat it. That's how I want to live my life. I want to enjoy chocolate more than I've ever had in my life. And the way to do that is to feel as healthy as I can feel, to be in the body I want, to feel good about myself and to enjoy chocolate as well. Now I got to eat the chocolate more strategically. I can't just eat all sloppy all the time because that's not even enjoyable anyways. You know, and so you hear what I'm saying? That's the hypnosis. I, I don't want you to miss that. That's the hypnosis, you know? Now there's more to hypnosis than that. That's kind of the initial level of just what we're saying. And then what we want to do to really drive things home is to use our imagination, okay? Um, 
but that, that's kind of the first steps to it. How do you feel about getting in high amounts of protein? That's another concept and told get 80. I think the protein is overrated. We live in a world where the beef industry is so powerful and they manipulate our things. I would trade protein and that chasing a protein for fiber. I would put fiber into your diet. I can almost guarantee you're not eating enough fiber because no one eats enough fiber. <laughs> um, so fiber is the number one ingredient that's been stripped from our diet, okay, because it doesn't process well. So yes, protein, in, in terms of satiation, of, of keeping you satisfied after you've eaten it, um, fiber's number one, protein's next, okay? Um, then fat, then carbs. All right, that's how I'd suggest it. This is pretty fascinating. Thank you. I'll check out your videos and website. Yeah, check out, get the session, folks. It's free, right? Continued at least 80 grams of protein a day. Yeah, again, I just, I would not, the protein's fine, but it's, um, listen, you know, the, the keto thing, the pro, I mean, I can't, Oh, I don't want to get into this. I don't want to get, <laughs> I don't want to get on their radar, but I just think the protein thing, it's fine, but I think it's overstated. And I would definitely say the most understated weight loss dietary plan is to focus on fiber. Okay. And what do I mean by fiber? So, you know, I made a video about fiber and people are like, well, how do I get fiber? And I just went, wow. It's amazing that the most common ingredient in our foods for millions of years has been stripped from our brains, never mind just from our bodies, you know? And so um, what's fiber? It's vegetables, fruits, fruits, vegetables, greens, and beans. You know, the more of those things you put into your body, the more satisfied you're going to feel. Why? Let me just explain this to you because you don't know this. This is what I mean. Here you are. You all been trying to lose weight for decades and you don't even know what I'm about to tell you. It's, it's, it's number one. Even nutritionists don't say this stuff half the time. You know, um, I'm not keto, but I was told protein burns more calories. Well, I don't know about that. I don't know how protein burns more calories. Short of maybe like it helps build muscle and then muscle builds more, burns more calories. But I, I would, here's the thing, right? So why is fiber the best thing? Okay, this is what I would put, if I were you, I'd focus on fiber, okay? Three big reasons why, right? Listen to this. This is your tip for the day, right? This will probably what take home the most. So the first thing is when you eat foods with, that are fiber full, what happens is the calories are binded to the fiber, Okay, so the first thing is that the absorption of the calories is slower, which causes a slower blood sugar level going up and your body can handle that much more effectively. That's key. The second thing is because the calories are binded to the fiber, a lot of those calories never even get absorbed. They stay binded to the fiber and we pass them through. So we, don't, we don't absorb the fiber. And the third thing is that we don't absorb the fiber. And so what happens is that fiber stays in your intestines and it makes you feel fuller. There's a thing called the ileal break. And when your intestines are fuller, they send a signal to your brain that you're, you're good. You feel more satisfied, okay? Now compare that to the powders that you're consuming, right? What do I mean by powders? Sugar and flour. So you can eat a bagel and it's like, oh, it's a big chewy bagel. It's hard to eat. No, it's just powder. You eat that and your body just, it dissolves into your body. It's absorbed quickly. Spikes your blood sugar, okay? And then when you spike your blood sugar, your body has to release insulin to clear it out. Your body's not good at regulating the insulin, so it usually overshoots the insulin and then crashes the glucose. Guess what? Now you're starving. Now you eat again, another bagel. Skyrocket. Insulin. Crash. It's this whole process. And a whole along, along the way, become type 2 diabetic, right? Because you're releasing so much insulin into your body consistently that the, the cells start to become resistant to it. So you have to have more insulin. And then eventually the cells in your pancreas that create the insulin can't produce enough. Now you got type 2 diabetes, you see? So it's like, instead of, you know, worrying that, you know, oh, I shouldn't eat sugars, I don't want to be type 2 diabetic. Shorten that process and realize as soon as you eat that sugar, as soon as you consume that flour, what's going on in your body in a minute or two, five minutes, 
You know what I mean? Shorten your, your consequence window to what's going on in your body. All right. Um, I'm not keto, but I was told protein. Yeah. Burns more calories. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. So having oatmeal with, I added sugar be okay. I was told, nope, it will turn to sugar fast. Yeah. I mean, listen, but here's the thing though. Here's the thing. We, we got to think long-term. Okay. So, so when I'm telling you this stuff, eat more fiber, eat less sugar, eat less flour. Every time I'm saying that I'm saying it in a, in a strategic structured way. Again, with the diet, we want to get on day one and do everything perfect. I suggest on day one, you pick one thing to focus on and work on improving that. You know, they always say that most people overestimate how much weight they can lose in a month and underestimate how much weight they can lose in a year. Start thinking in a year long time frame and start making strategic, sensible, strategic differences in how you're living and behaving and eating that you can maintain. You know, no one's doing that. Everyone just wants to like change everything at once, get instant results. And it's like, that is what's keeping you trapped on this wheel where you just keep doing the same thing over and over. You know, you've got to recognize that, get off of that trap, you know? And so, yeah, I mean, sugar, for example, adding sugar to different things, I would work on slowing it down. You got the three R's, right? Reduce, remove, replace. So you got three options for how to improve your eating. Not everything has to happen all at once. You know, God, that's the biggest thing I'm always telling people constantly. Cause again, the diet thing is always about like instant doing everything instantly, but the diet approach is a short-term approach, you know? Um, but yeah, oatmeal is great. Oatmeal is a slower. Now, again, you, you can track your blood sugar. You know what I mean? There's look up the glycemic index, you know, although people sometimes have a different response. You can look at the glycemic index, but your body might spike with some of these things, you know, that I've seen that happen. But starting to notice if you track your, your blood, if you are pre-diabetic, you are tracking your sugar, you are type diabetic, start noticing which foods spike your blood sugar. Start educating yourself, calibrating yourself to what they do, okay? But typically oatmeal is gonna be a slower absorption, right? So oatmeal is good. Yeah, added sugar, I'd start cutting that back, right? Um, and that's what I always suggest, you know, is that start with your breakfast, clean your breakfast up as much as possible, meaning get rid of the sugars, um, get rid of the flowers for breakfast, at least, you know, four or five days a week and um, start implementing more fiber, more fruit, you know, more natural whole foods into your breakfast. And you'll notice a change over a week or two, maybe not weight wise right away. Okay. Um, but it's, uh, I'm not going to get into that right now, but, but again, like you're probably only measuring your, your weight, you know, as, as your main measurement, you know, but there's other measurements you want to start looking at. You know, if the only thing you're tracking is weight, you're going to have a hard time because your weight's unpredictable. And, uh, you know, if it controls all your motivation, you just, it's a bad strategy because you're going to have weeks when you don't lose the weight you thought you should have. And then that's going to make you feel depressed. And then you're going to stay off track and all the rest of it. Um, yeah. Glycemic index. Yeah. Even looking at those foods is really, that's a good thing to do right now. And then if you do check your blood sugar, then measure it, you know, calibrate it against your own body's, you know, how it works. All right. Um, but yeah, so I'm going to leave you with that. But, but again, remember that what I want to tell you is I want you all to feel more hopeful and I know you don't, but what I want you to realize, the reason you don't feel hopeful about your weight loss and you feel stuck is I want you to recognize that you're always trying the same method of dieting, of trying to change everything all at once, of doing these strict all or nothing plans. And it's unrealistic. You know, your eating is one of the most complex things in your life. You know, it's like saying tomorrow you're going to completely live a different life. You're going to go to bed different. You're going to start drinking more water. You're going to do everything different. No, you're not. No, you're not. 
You're a human being. You run on autopilot. You have to slowly and systematically shift your thinking, living, and eating. And it takes time and it takes, you know, it takes strategy and it takes time. And uh, you're trying to rush it, you know, and that rushing it, that impatience is what's keeping you stuck more than anything else. You know, I've had labs and my inflammation is low, but I want to keep it that way. Yeah, great. Great. Yeah. Inflammation. I mean, that's the thing, right? That's another thing, too. I find very helpful is this was the most profound thing to me is I started doing a lot of yoga and I remember one night I ate a meatball grinder like three hours before I did yoga and then I sat and did yoga and I couldn't even do yoga because I felt so like I could feel like inflamed I felt like um almost like a heartburn uh I just did not feel good my stomach didn't feel good nothing felt good and that was such a game changer because I always ate at night and I always ate a lot and I was like I never felt bad before and then I realized, holy shit, it's because I'm always distracting myself. Usually I'm watching TV. And so the first time I sat in a dark room with my body, three hours after I ate a meatball grinder, I was like, oh my God, I feel so full. I don't feel good. That was eye-opening to me. I think a lot of times when you're eating stuff, 10 minutes after you feel horrible, but you're used to it and you're distracted. And so you don't realize how bad it feels. But the inflammation that we put into our body with di- because of different foods, it's like... You know, I always think like our, our cells are just, it's like that process I was saying, if you're, if you're consuming a lot of powders, flowers and sugar, you're just spiking your blood sugar. Blood sugar, like the glucose, too much glucose in your blood is inflammatory. It's too much, it's overwhelming. And then you release all this insulin. Too much insulin's inflammatory, you know? So they call obesity an, an inflammation disease because it creates systemic inflammation in many ways, you know? And so the cells get inflamed, everything's getting inflamed. And so I always think like, that's why I like to eat less. You know, I really, I like eating less because I like, it's so much easier on my body. You know, eating these modern diets with all this, you're shoving this food in our, our bodies constantly spiking, crashing, spiking, all this, these chemicals released in our body that it cause inflammation. Our body's just crying out. You know, it really is, you know. So I'll, I'll leave you that with that, that kind of a, I don't want it to be a depressing metaphor. I want it to be an accurate metaphor. And the one I always thought that night, I've always thought of it from this since that night, it's like my body is just screaming, please stop, stop. You know, I, I, I can't take it. You know, it's like, I always think of like your, I think of my body and I suggest you think of your body. Like it's like a child. It's like a three, four year old child. And it's just at the mercy of what decisions we make, you know? And it's like, we're abusing it with these foods. You know, truly, I truly feel this way. My dad died of a heart attack. You know, I know I say this all the time because that's why I do this. I'm I mean, I know that's why I do it. And it's like, I analyze my, I know that's why I've been obsessed with it forever. And I don't want you to die. I don't want you to have an inflamed body. I don't want you to like leave your kids. It was the worst for what, for what, for some food. You know what I mean? Like I like food and I eat food systematically and strategically, but my weight is my health are a million miles ahead of the enjoyment I get out of food, you know? But I think about my body and it's like, when I put that shitty food in there, I overeat it's so stressful to your body. And if your body, it is screaming out, you're not hearing it because you're usually distracted. Um, when you look at those blood sugar measurements, you're experiencing them in a disassociated way. But those measurements, that blood sugar readings, the, um, the inflammation readings, the blood pressure readings, those are all evidence of your body just crying and screaming out and saying, please, please stop, right? Am I crazy saying that? You know, like, I don't want to bum you out, but I don't want you to ignore it either and then have to deal with something. You know? 
Yeah, I can relate. I ate a steak one day and it just sat in my stomach. I was so bloated, felt bad. Yeah. Thanks for the wisdom. Going to check out your videos. Yeah, cool, mindfully. Yeah, awesome. Like I said, go go check that all out, folks. Get, get that hypnosis session. Um, and I'm, it's, it's it's I've been doing so much stuff. I just you know last uh I've been doing this for twenty years professionally. And the last couple of years, I've really been doing a lot of private coaching. And um, last fall, I was sitting around. I was like just kind of reflecting on life. Took a step back. I'm like you know my my, my mission in life literally is to help as many people as possible live at their goal weight. I'm like, I'm just not, I'm not working with enough people, the, the private, I'm not reaching enough people. So I kind of reshuffled everything. And, um, I have a program. I redid that. And it's, it's cool. Like the way it's done now, because I'm able to work with everyone in my program and, um, and the program is awesome. And as I put all it together and I released that January 1st, and then I was like, that freed up a lot of time where I could just do these lives, do TikTok videos, do YouTube, do the podcast, just get the word out, you know, cause it's really not rocket science. You know what I mean? Like it's not, the stuff I'm I ain't a rocket scientist. So it's like, it's not, it's not really complex. It, it's, it's more complex than you're used to. It's, it's a more holistic way to approach your weight loss. But it's like, once you understand it, it just, it gives you power. It gives you influence over yourself that you've never had, you know? And so, um, anyway, so, so I've been, I've been really like getting the program out there that that's kicked off. That's going so incredible too. Like the, the group coaching, everything's going so good with it. Um, it is really good, but, but anyways, but, but the other, the flip side of that is I give all the stuff away for free too. And so, and I'm, I'm, I'm kind of working back on that because I got the program kind of like, I get the foundation, everything's kind of set there. And so anyways, what I'm saying is go sign up for that hypnosis session because that's the first step, um, to, to kind of get in this world and just start seeing there's another way, you know, it doesn't have to, the way you're doing it. I know you think that's, you think you know how to lose weight. You know, and I'm sitting here right now. I'm looking dead in your eye telling you, you don't know how to lose weight. If you're struggling to lose weight, it's because you don't know how to do it. You know, that's the first step is to accept, <laughs> get out of the denial that you know what to do. You may know technically like what you should do behaviorally, but I promise you, and you know this, you don't know how to get yourself to do it consistently. Right. And that's my specialty. So go get that session and listen to it. It's like 12 minutes long and you'll see it. You'll experience the impact of it. Okay. And then watch the training I put up there. And then every day I send you emails, encouraging supportive trainings that, that help you systematically shift uh, just forever, forever. Listen, every day I send you these emails. They're awesome. <laughs> like I used to charge for it. it. used to be a program. I just give them to you now, you know, like I'm doing everything I can to help you. Um, but you got to do your part. You got to take a little bit of action here. You know, it's, it, and it's not hard. It's like the sooner you do this, the sooner you start getting these ideas in your mind and you know, each and every day, just read the email, you know, and it starts to slowly and systematically kind of build up a new paradigm of how to master your weight. And I promise you, you can do it. Um, you think you can't now be, but it's because you're only trying to diet and you don't even realize how stuck you are with your mindset. You don't realize it. And so by even just exposing yourself to the stuff that I'm giving you, you'll start to realize how, how you've been so trapped with your mindset. You don't realize it right now. And so by, we always learn through contrast. So as you start to get my paradigm, you know, you expose yourself to that, you'll start to realize how trapped you are. And then you start to be able to grow and, and, you know, improve it. Okay. So you can do this. I promise folks. Okay. Um, and yes, I do have a program, but I follow, I, I set my business up last year. I was like the Robin hood model. So it's like, yes, the people that want to do the coaching and want to take that level of action. Cool. You know what I mean? We work together with the whole thing's there. Um, but it's like those people, I'm able to, you know, I support myself and I do well, I'm, I'm happy with all that. And the rest of it, I'm not able to just Again, have hours a day where I just do this stuff. Just free, free, give it out, you know, and help people out. 
Um, love your stuff. Fell off track a bit last week. My car died. Had to buy a new one. Had to work. Yeah. Yeah. Which, by the way, let me just, I, I've got to get out of here, but I want to just speak this real quick because I had a tough week. Um, a couple of my clients had a tough week. Some had great weeks, right? But the ones that had a tough week, I want to just share this with you real quick because this is what I'm talking about in terms of the paradigm shift is that that's life. That, that's why I say like, you've got to, the first thing you want to do is shift your goal from weight loss because you don't want to lose weight. You want to get to your goal weight and live the rest of your life there on near autopilot, right? That's a much more specific, accurate goal. And it's important to have these distinctions because weight loss is just about being perfect so that we can lose weight. But there's going to be weeks when your car dies, when, you know, um, you have to get your roof replaced, where your kids are off from school and they're there the whole week. And so the, life happens and you can't always be perfect and losing weight. Sometimes you got to like just deal with the bullshit of life and then recover and get back on track. Okay, Moni? So again, it's it's that's normal and natural. You know, I don't want you to, it's not even, like, like again, you, is it even falling off track? You know what I mean? Like it's, it's not because you're right back here. Do you know what I'm saying? I always say to people like there is no wagon. You want to get rid of that idea that there's a wagon that you're on or you're off or you're on track, you're off track. And it's like, you want to get into the mindset of I'm always on the wagon. Even if I just got my foot in there and I'm being dragged, I'm still always in the wagon. And maybe it's just drinking my water this week. It was a tough week, but at least I drank my water or it was a tough week, but at least I got the sleep or whatever it may be. And so you always have something where you feel like you're on track. This is why I always say, get this idea in your mind. This is one of the core weight loss mantras that I help put into people in the, in, um, with the hypnosis sessions is consistency over intensity, okay? So it's waking ourselves up from that diet trance. And instead of just thinking we have to be perfect for a little while, we want to start orienting ourselves to being consistent forever. That's what's going to get you the results that you actually want, okay? And so... Um, yeah, no problem. I, we always, I fell off track this week. I mean, I, I wouldn't use that languaging. You know what I mean? Like, that's not how I think of it. But it's like, I had a, I didn't have a great, it was it was a great week, but it, it wasn't as clean. My eating wasn't as clean and things weren't as clean because my kids had the week off and, um, which I love, but it, it was, it was a very busy week and a lot of different things in it that aren't normally there. And so I was a bit more tired. I was worn out. You know what I mean? And so that's reflected in some of my eating and some of my behaviors, but I'm okay with it. I understand where it came from and I'm fine with it. That's life. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I think sometimes if we deny that, we deny life itself. So there is no perfection. You know, there's there's some weeks when life's working with us and we can do really well. Everything's going great. And there's some weeks when life's going against us and where you have to measure things like within context. You want to grade yourself on a curve. If you have a challenging week where your car dies, all of a sudden that's like a bomb going off in the middle of your week. It blows up your schedule. There's stress, all this stuff you're doing. And of course it's going to impact your eating, you know? Um, yeah, so the way you put it, so true. Yeah, exactly, Moni, right? So um, so that's it. So so we deal with the most graceful way we can. And then we, we reflect on it. And we say, okay, I get it. And let me get back. Because it's not the week that's going to define your weight. You see what I'm saying? I always say like, you know, in politics, I say it's not the crime, it's the cover up. I always say with the weight loss, it's not the binge, it's what we do right after it. You know what I mean? It's rarely the one thing we do. It's what that one thing kind of leads to. And dieters are notoriously bad at that. They call it literally, there's a psychological effect. Look this up. It's called what the hell effect. It's specific to dieters. And as soon as they make a mistake, they go way off track, you know? And so we want to get out of that because life's always going to be these week to week. You know what I mean? Like there's good and bad weeks, you know? Um, and they're going to impact us. We can't, all, we're not robots. We're just always going to eat the same way. So we want to just get rid of that now because if we don't believe that, then we do have a week where the car dies and we had a bad week of eating and we say, oh, I blew it. I was doing so good. Now I blew it. 
money didn't blow shit. It's just, it was just a tough week. And, and that impacted how you ate. You're, you know what I mean? Like, again, that, that goes to this idea. People, when they're dieting, they think of willpower as this non-physical thing that no matter what the situation is, no matter how hungry they are, no matter how stressful their week was, no matter how difficult things have been, they should be able to eat perfectly. And it's like, why? I don't know why people think that. <laughs> you know, it's weird to me. But um, so anyway, so anyways, good job, Moni. You're, you're back. And that's the same thing. As the more consistent you get with it all, um, that you're going to realize when you look back and say, wow, that's what made the biggest difference. You know, instead of trying to have like most people approach their weight loss like it's an endurance test of perfection. How long can I be perfect for? How long can I be perfect? Right. And that's not that's very short term usually. So instead, I want to be like how long I've been focused on this. You know, I have a bad week. How quickly can I back on track when I have a bad week? How long can I keep some things in place? Right. Thanks, Moni. I appreciate that. Sorry, everyone. Yeah, I'm going to get out of here. But again, if you have not gotten that hypnosis session, and you haven't entered my world off of TikTok and the, and the email thing, do it because I got a lot of cool stuff coming as well. And I'm just going to send it through. Because again, in my world, right, I, I always say this phrase, action is rewarded. Action is rewarded. I say this because when it comes to weight loss, you've got to burn that into your brain because you have to take the actions first and then the rewards come down the line unpredictably. So you have to get obsessed with the actions you're taking, knowing that they, as you consistently get focused and, um, better and better and better with the actions, the results that you want, the rewards you want start coming, but they don't come when you think they're going to come. They're unpredictable. They're sporadic, right? And so you got to get focused on taking action consistently. And so in my world, when you take action, you sign up for the session, when you do watch the trainings, when you do, do all this stuff, there's always little Easter eggs kind of putting you along the path, helping you out, right? Reinforcing that message. All right. And so, um, yeah, if you, if you haven't gotten that session yet, you should do it. Okay, because it's not just this session. There's a training that follows it. There's daily emails, and then there's a lot more special stuff coming up that I'm working on. So, all right, everyone, you guys are awesome. Have a great rest of your day, and I'll talk to you all soon. Bye.